This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selkie, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, and we are officially launching and entering season three, which is going to be entitled Leading to Win. My goodness, I cannot believe we are already into February of 2018. I haven't talked to you guys since last year, so happy new year to those of you that I haven't been fortunate enough to see on our travels uh, around the country over the last several or couple weeks, I guess. Uh, And welcome back to all of our listeners. I am really, really looking forward to this new season, again, entitled Leading to Win. So a little background on on where that came from. Um, At the Selking Performance Group, our whole mission and intent is to help individuals, teams, and organizations understand and leverage the power of mindset and leadership to drive sustainable results. And so we work with individuals from the locker room to the boardroom, so from the sports space to the business space, on, again, using these two components of mindset and leadership to drive performance. And so season one and season two really emphasized and focused on the element of mindset. Again, a mindset is a patterned way of thinking about anything. And so at the individual level, the mindsets that we develop dictate and determine how we show up and deliver in different situations. And so we really try to help people break down the mental game and and this whole concept of the power of thought and how mindsets are developed and really build mindsets that are conducive to success based on everything that we know from the fields of sports psychology, positive psychology, and and human performance and human performance psych. Um, but then the leadership component is really the the overarching element that allows systems to work in ways that are conducive for those individuals and people within them to actually deliver their best. So mindset is really at the individual level and leadership looks, you know, at the system level, how are we leading those systems? Now obviously leadership starts and, and is within an individual and their individual capabilities to lead and influence others. And so throughout season three, we really want to take that focus in helping our listeners um, understand, of course, that every single mindset you have is important, but also the ways that you are leading from a behavioral standpoint are really critical if your team is going to be successful. And so throughout season three, we're going to go back and forth every other week. So I will um, talk each or every other week about a leadership, a pillar of leadership that we'll talk about, and then a mindset principle to couple that and help you look at developing that leadership behavior or approach and strategy um, with with a way to think about that a little bit differently as well. So again, every other week, we will look at a different leadership principle, and they will be very action-oriented, right? Because leadership is about action at the individual level and the, at the team unit or organizational level. And then again, pair that with a, a brief... Um, idea, concept, teaching structure around some mental brain stuff as well to go with you. Um, 
And that's how we'll go. And then on the off weeks, we're actually going to be interviewing leaders and getting their wisdom and insights on how they go about um, thinking about leadership, applying their own leadership principles and behaviors to guide their teams or organizations to success. And so a couple teasers on some of those individuals that we'll have on air. Um, We've got the opportunity to hear from Tom Mendoza, who um, actually founded or supported the Mendoza College of Business at the University of Notre Dame. And he's going to be with us next week. So he'll be our first guest kicking off this season on leadership um, based on uh, the the huge growth that he's done in leading his global company called NetApp. So we're really going to glean a lot from him. He speaks to my class every semester, and he's just incredible. He's got an amazing personality, and um, he's been applying leadership towards huge business growth over the last several decades. And so I'm, I'm just really excited to see what we learn from him and figure out how to take what he has applied in his own life and his own businesses that he's been leading to our own worlds and teams that we're working with. Um, but throughout the throughout the course of the season, we're going to have um, leadership coaches like Todd Gongwer and Justin Moss on to help us understand how they coach leaders towards excellence within their business units. Of course, we're going to have head football coach at the University of Notre Dame, Mr. Brian Kelly, is going to join us. And so I'm, I'm really thrilled to be able to sit down with him and dive into this topic on leadership. You know, he and I spend a lot of time together uh, over the course of days, weeks, months, and and last year. And so again, really looking forward to sitting down and having this dialogue with him about leadership of his football team and his staff. Um, We're also going to have the opportunity to hear from Dr. Kenneth Spells, who is the new superintendent of South Bend Community School District. So he's been here for just over a year and he's doing an incredible job in our community. And so really looking forward to look at his leadership in the educational space. So that's a brief preview of individuals. Um, Again, the whole intent is to help us look at leaders and talk to leaders that are in different spaces because leadership happens everywhere. Again, from the locker room to the boardroom to the classroom to the living room in our own homes, right? Leadership is happening everywhere. And as John Maxwell says, everything rises and falls on leadership. So the extent that we are equipped as leaders and understand how leadership works and how great leadership works um, is the extent that we'll be able to have influence in our teams, families, communities, et cetera. And so that's really our the whole intent of the season, again, to help give you some leadership behaviors and principles that you can start understanding and applying in your own world, but then also hear from really great leaders in very diverse spaces to help us see how this really helps um, individuals and teams deliver their best on a consistent basis. Because at the end of the day, that's what that's what this is all about, right, is, is helping us figure out how do we function at our absolute best on a consistent basis. So I am, I'm really looking forward to learning a lot with you through the individuals that that we get to hear from throughout the course of the next couple months and and also diving in and sharing these leadership pillars so where did these leadership principles come from? Um, I'm certified with John Maxwell Leadership Trainer, and I've, and I've done a lot of leadership development training myself over the last several years when I was in HR for um, with a global manufacturing company. We did leadership development training within our organization, so I've trained leaders at the corporate level and you know in the sports space, um, training coaches on the leadership principles and creating teams and systems that are conducive to performance. And then as a graduate student, a lot of my research was on leadership 
leadership as well and and how we look at that in the relation to team. And so through all of those experiences and studies and projects, et cetera, um, I've put together this sort of framework for us to look at, again, um, seven different leadership principles that I believe go into great leadership. And then again, I've paired each of those with a mindset principle to help us keep this dialogue of, of mental performance in the forefront of our dialogue as well. And so again, every other week, we'll touch on the the leadership and mindset principle. And then on those off weeks, we'll hear from leaders and how they think about and apply those concepts. And then at the end of every episode, uh, the, the every other episode that we do the teaching part on, we're going to end with some championship leadership training. So things that you can actually be doing as it relates to the leadership principle of the day to start building that in your own life and in your own framework of, of leadership. So um, bear with us. It's going to be an awesome season. I think a ton of great content to share with you. And I think the first thing that that I really want to share is how this whole thing is structured in terms of leading in to then lead out. And so I really believe that before we can really look to lead others, we have to first learn how to lead ourselves. And so every leadership principle that we talk about, we're going to look at it through those two lenses. One, lead in and then lead out. And so what does that mindset principle mean and and look like and relate to as it relates to leading yourself? And then how do do we think about that as it relates to leading others? And so we're going to just dive in today and get started with leadership principle number one, and that is know thyself. And that is, you know, the, the title of this episode of episode one here in season three is entitled Know Thyself. And, you know, the, the Greeks, they they would say back in, so this is, you know, been around forever when Cicero said, um, no she te ipsum, right? No she te ipsum, which simply means know thyself. And and that's where we're going to start from a leadership perspective. I think a lot of uh, leaders try to jump in and dive into, you know, the organization, the team, what we're trying to accomplish, the strategic objectives, all of these elements. And while that is all important, that is not where we should start. Leadership starts with yourself, and it starts with knowing yourself, and knowing yourself so deeply that you can always keep giving more and 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 delivering more and extending even further than you thought. But because of the depths of your understanding of self, it really gives us a solid foundation to build everything else on. So you know, last season and see or um, two seasons ago, season one, we talked about building your mental performance foundation. You have to have a foundation before you can really start building the walls on a house, right? The exact same thing is true with leadership, but in leadership, that foundation is knowing yourself and having a very clear understanding of who you are as an individual. And I think a lot of times this is a scary notion, right? This whole thing of personal identity, who am I? I mean, that's a scary thing. And I think I think the magnitude of that question in our life can sometimes make people shy away from ever even exploring it. Oh, you know, knowing my personal identity, that's way too broad of a thing. Um, I'm just not, not going to deal with that. And so we go through life either scurrying along or scraping along because we haven't first stopped to settle in and look at who am I? What are my strengths? What is what is my purpose? What ignites me? And then build upon that. And so I want everybody to just sort of take a deep breath here for a moment and understand that as we dive in here, the the first thing that we need to understand as a leader is who am I? No thyself. And you know, I think too easily one sense of self or sense of purpose and sense of value gets wrapped up in what they do 
versus who he or she is at their very core. And so again, that whole scurrying along or scraping along, it's like we're just trying to find a role to fill that we think that that works for us. And then once we find that role, we sort of latch on to it and we think, oh, this is who I am, right? But championship caliber leaders, right? People that lead teams and organizations or families or, you know, businesses to longstanding success um, have a very clear understanding of who they are, their purpose and mission in this world and how their core values and who they are as an individual drive their behavior and their leadership on a daily basis. And so understanding your own personal identity, although a very broad concept, um, can really be delved into at the individual and specific level. And so it this, you know, this whole sense of knowing yourself can really be a tangible reality. And at the same time, it becomes transformational. And so that's why we start here is because when when the leader understands him or herself and starts to lead him or herself inwardly and do this inner work that is really necessary um, to deal with the pressures, the challenges, the adversities that happen with leadership, that's what permits it to happen. And so the challenge with today's society is that, you know, we often, again, define ourselves on what we do versus who we are or or who we are at the core. And so, you know, there's a difference. When When I was playing soccer, I would often say, well, I'm a soccer player. And and that statement is very different than I am a competitor, right? So I'm a soccer player. That was a role I played. Now I can guarantee you that I have not been a soccer player since I retired, quote unquote, back in my after my sophomore year at Notre Dame when I played there because of due to injury. So I lost my sport, right? And now all of a sudden this thing that I thought I was, a soccer player, was gone. And I had an identity crisis. Okay, if I'm not Amber the soccer player, then who am I, right? And and here's the crazy thing is I had a great family, right? I had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I was at Notre Dame. I was at a university where people, you know, believed in you and supported you. And yet, you know, when when soccer was gone for me, I had this identity crisis. And so that's really what planted the seed in me of, wow, I'm massively struggling with this. Imagine people that don't have any of that. That, that don't have a family or a support system in place that, that can help them and love them and support them through the process or have any sort of faith background or be in a setting or in an environment that really helps and, and grow and develop a whole individual. I mean, what about those people? And so that was one kicker that one um, sort of catalyst that got me into the whole field of sport and performance psychology anyway, is to help people understand more about who they are at the core, at the neurological, biological, purpose-driven level uh, of human beings. Because again, when that role is stripped away, we have to have something to hold on to, something to be grounded in. And that's where this foundation of know thyself comes in handy. And so I went from understanding that, yes, I was a, a, I played the role of a soccer player, but more than that, I'm a competitor. And that's what made me successful at that role of a soccer player. But guess what? This identity piece of I'm a competitor also is what made me successful in the classroom, in, in my relationships, in terms of networking and building, you know, close rapport with people because I, you know, I wanted to compete for, for having sort of these intimate relationships with people that matter, you know, and, and it, and it drove me to, to go on to grad school, to get my PhD, to, 
now be running my own consulting company where I get to travel around the country working with teams and organizations to help them compete to be their absolute best in everything that they do. And so again, when we can better understand who we are and strip that away necessarily from the roles that we play, then everywhere we go and everything that we do, we're able to deliver our best. They actually did this really fascinating study that looked at self-conception and self-conception, let's just say, is your self-identity and correlated that to mental toughness. And so what they actually found is that people that have a positive and integrated sense of self have higher levels of mental toughness than those that have a negative and or compartmentalized sense of self. So let's break that down because what the heck does that mean? So a positive conception of self, that means that I view myself positive and and successful or good at whatever roles that I play in my life. So in my world right now, right, as a mental coach, as a professor, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend, as a Christian, as as a competitor, right, do I view myself positively in, in each of those roles? And then an integrated, right? So instead of seeing all of those roles as separate, I see how all of those roles are connected. And so if if an individual has a generally positive and integrated, again, seeing that all of the roles that they play are connected in, in, in different capacities and who they are within each of those roles, there's a threat, a similar thread, right, that runs through, you know, who I am as a professor, as a mental coach, as a wife. You know, I'm similar in all of those spaces. It's not that I'm super compartmentalized where, okay, I, I go here and I'm this way as a professor and then I'm this way as a mental coach and then I'm this way as a wife and I'm this way. I mean, you can already see how exhausting, right, that would be for individuals. And yet a lot of us live our lives that way. And so, you know, first and foremost, in terms of knowing thyself, it's really important that what roles do we play? But more importantly, what is that What is that thread of, the, and, and multiple threads probably, of identity? right? Uh, Literally, who am I in each of those roles? That's really what we're talking about when we talk about this sort of knowing yourself um, element of leadership. And when, when we can see these roles and understand the thread of identity that runs between all of them, and we start to see ourselves in a positive light, again, this study found that those individuals actually have higher levels of mental toughness. So that's just sort of a side note on the mental toughness piece. But again, I think it's a powerful look at what we're really talking about here as it relates to knowing yourself. And again, when, when we know what that thread is, then, then that best part of ourselves can show up regardless of where we go out in this world. And so it's awesome in my class, um, you know, I, I had I have some of my football players in my class that I teach at Notre Dame. And so it's fun for them to be able to see, oh, wow, this is what Dr. Selkate looks like in a classroom, very similar to what she's like on the field, just applied in a different setting. And so I think it's fun for them to be able to see that. But it's also, um, you know, fascinating for me to help our kids start to see how important this is. And so the mission statement in our class is to be a place of engaged, energetic, and positive learners who get to know ourselves and our craft more deeply so that we can transformationally impact business and society. And we talk every single class period about the importance of who get to know ourselves and our craft more deeply. Because as we get to know ourselves more deeply, that's what gives us the courage to go out into a world that is that is always going to be different than the individual, right? Everybody outside of you is not you, so they're different than you. Um, but it gives you a sense of core values and convictions and knowing what do I stand 
for? What do I believe in? Who am I? Who am I at my best? And and then that allows us to go out and have more influence in the spaces and domains that we're in. I tell them, listen, when you leave the bubble that is Notre Dame, not everybody out there is going to generally be concerned about your welfare, nor is, I, I mean, you know, the things that these students are talking about is, are, you know, our philosophy and religion and changing the world and, and ethical standards and business and how business can be used for the greater good. Um, but I tell them, you know, a lot of times when you go out into the corporate world, those aren't going to be the dialogues that you have going every day. And so when you're pushed up against the water cooler at some point to have to make a decision about making ethical decisions or challenging people on decisions that are made in an organization, you really need to know yourself well enough to know, how am I going to approach that? Is that worth approaching? Does this really matter to me? And to to be able to, again, go out and have that transformational impact that we're seeking to have in the world. And again, from a leadership perspective, it starts with your core on who are you. But let's just look at, so let's take a step back in this aspect of of identity in general, because I think it's helpful, you know, sometimes when you start with self, that can get a little bit daunting. So so sometimes it's good to break down um, identity and not just personal identity, but identity in general. And we look at it from a global perspective and then from a family team or sort of group background and then down to the individual self. And so some questions, you know, to help you begin the self-identity process and start globally, right? So so we understand that ultimately we want to get to the core of who we are as an individual, but let's back up and look more broadly. You know, how how have people impacted this world throughout history? Again, because we're looking at the the purpose of people, right, in this world. And, and so how have people impacted his, the history? You know, what historical figure do you most admire and why? You know, what traits about them or about their life experiences do you really admire and respect? And and you'll start to see, you know, how then they played a role in that historical development of context. Um, what are some universal values that exist across cultures? Um, you, you know, cultures are different, obviously. We all know that, right? Um, but there's some general, often universal human values that exist. And so what are those? And what do those say about people in general? And again, that just gives us sort of this broad framework to start start at. What are, you know, what are the impact of stereotypes on people? Um, the one who's being stereotyped and the one who's stereotyping, because those would be, you know, our broad conceptions of, of humans and differences in humans. And so again, that's sort of this global look at identity and and how people and humans have impacted the world to start to shape it. So then let's hone down a little bit to your family, your team, or, or, or group background. So, you know, asking yourself, what is your family heritage? I think that's a really fascinating thing. If you don't know, you know, try to find out what, what's your, where'd your family come from? Because there's people, you know, that, that family heritage is going to give you some insight on who you are, right? And what your lineage and your DNA has sort of passed through in, in generations. And I think that's encouraging because every heritage has had their own trials and have, um, you know, survived in different ways. And so what about that heritage is interesting to you, is fascinating to you? Um, how has your team dynamic or your group dynamic developed in your business or in your organization or in your team unit? So take a step back. How did we get to where we are? What's been our What's been our history? Um, we talk a lot about that at, at Notre Dame football of what's the the history, the tradition of excellence that we have in Notre Dame football. And and again, when we see that, we can start to see 
then as we narrow down even more into ourself of then the role that we play in that team dynamic or in that family family history or family tree, and then more broadly how that is encapsulated in the whole world, right? And so again, this is just another lens through us for, for which we can process this concept of identity, going global and then a little bit more narrow in your family or group background, and then at the individual level. And so just start asking yourself some of these questions of, you know, what fires you up? What drains you? You know, so for it, it's it's always been fascinating. I, I'm one of my best friends in college. She she worked at the at the children's center, right? And she every time she would leave the children's center, she would come back like totally jacked up because she just loved being around little kids, and it totally fired her up and fueled her and filled her tank. So that tells us that would tell her something about who she is, right, and her identity. Um, you know, on the flip side. What are when perhaps when you sit down at an Excel doc, you are drained totally, right? So that should tell you something about your identity, about how you really function. Now, here's the reality if Excel docs are part of your world or your role, you can't necessarily get away from them, but you can then ask yourself, well, what time of the day am I most productive? And so, and then, and then fit the things in your that you have to get done into the various times of day where you're most productive or least productive, et cetera. I think it's also fascinating. Sometimes as leaders, you know, the things that we don't like to do, we assume that other people also don't like to do. And so when I was working down at IMG Academy, um, our head strength coach, um, he was talking about how he had to come in early and get some of these, um, it, it was actually Excel docs, Excel docs put together to give out to his coaches. And he was like, man, I just hate doing this, but I certainly don't want to dump it off on anybody else. And I was like, I wonder if you ask your team, does anybody in here love doing Excel docs? I would bet that there is somebody on your team that you are robbing the opportunity of to work on these spreadsheets. He's like, What? And I told him, I was like, think about this. You might hate doing it, but somebody on your team might love doing it and really wish that you would give them the opportunity to work on that because maybe there's something else that they don't necessarily love to do um, that you have on their plate. And so even just asking people, and at that point, you know, you're allocating your time, energy, and attention as a leader in ways that are more productive. Now, if nobody on your team likes doing them and and it, it fits for you to do it, then you take that bullet as the leader and go ahead and do it. But it but it, it turns out that he found somebody that actually loved putting um, all of their programming into Excel docs. And so it worked out perfectly. But again, we have to understand ourselves and know that not everybody is like us. And so pick your head up and try to see this is this is that this is a great example of lead in and lead out, right? You have to lead in first to know yourself really, really well, but then open your eyes and look around your team and lead out and help them understand what are my strengths? What fuels me? What drains me? Um, you know, how do you go about making decisions? These are, this is an important question for you as a leader to about knowing yourself. What's your decision-making process? And, and if you don't know the answer to that, find a time when you feel like you made a really good decision and then backtrack and find what is your process for making that decision? Um, what is your process for preparing for speeches that you have to give or lessons that you have to teach? And, and then so, so you can replicate the, when it goes really, really well, right? So that's all part of leadership and, and understanding yourself, 
And that's really that lead-in portion, right, of who, what, what's the context that I'm living in in general in today's society from a global perspective? What's the context um, that I'm in right now, my family or team heritage and background? And then individually, who am I, right? And, and then how do I start to play into that, that thread, right, that thread of your core being into each of the roles that you play? And so then, then we want to think about, well, leading out, okay? So knowing yourself well is, is not just about you, right? It's not just about you living in your own little bubble and only thinking about yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and all of these things. But more so, knowing yourself is about being able to lead out well. Because the more you know yourself, the more powerfully you can influence others as a leader. Because, again, it allows you to play from a position of strength and a position of courage versus a position of insecurity or weakness. You know, unfortunately, I think we've all been around leaders who are really insecure. And what is that experience like? I mean, think about this for a second. Find a leader. We've all experienced this. We've all experienced a leader who's really insecure. And what happens in that? Well, a couple things could, right? They could try to exert control over everything, to try to show that they're the leader, they're important, right? And they have to prove it to everybody. It creates a lot of stress and anxiety on them as an individual, but also on everybody else they lead. Oftentimes they're very combative because they're trying to, again, prove and fight for who they are or what they're trying to show everybody else that they are. Conversely, very secure leaders right? They're grounded. They know who they are. They know how they operate their best and they want to help others do that exact same thing. So they often have a sense of peace and control about them. They, they delegate well and actually trust people to do the work and deliver it to a, a great capacity. They aren't threatened by others who are excellent at their work. In fact, they encourage it. Um, there was a really great article I saw on LinkedIn. I will try to find it and post it in the episode notes for you on um, a, a, B, a and B leaders and how A leaders want to hire other A players because A leaders want people that are awesome at their jobs and then they give them the freedom and the liberty to do their work and do it really well and they aren't threatened by other people being good because they understand, hey, if I got a team full of A players and our team is delivering, that makes me look dang good as a leader, right? Whereas a B leader won't ever hire an A player because they'll get outshone and they'll feel threatened by that. So they'll either hire other B players or C players so that they can exert control, dominate, right? But again, that team will never, it will, it will always plateau because they're never going to be able to get over that hump because their leader, they can't lead beyond their leader. And, and that's a challenge that a lot of organizations face. And so that's why we start at this point of know thyself. Because when you're grounded and you have a solid base, it allows you to ungrip your hands from everything be present, and allow others to show up and deliver their absolute best. And they leaders understand themselves so well that they don't, they don't worry about, well, how am I going to handle when we fail? How am I going to handle adversity? How am I going to handle pushback from one of my colleagues or demands from my boss? 
Leaders, leaders who know themselves really well, they don't freak out because they know how they're going to respond. They're going to ha- respond how they do in every situation. They're going to fall back on their core values, right? They're going to lead from their core values. They're going to lead from a position of understanding who they are, what their convictions are. They understand how they make decisions. They know how to handle pressure really well because they've got a great mindset themselves, right, about pressure situations. If you don't feel like you do and you haven't listened to last season's um, episode on pressure, go back and listen to that one. It'll be helpful for you. Um, but again, that's the difference. And so leader, the, those types of leaders that know themselves well don't spend their time, energy, and attention worrying about all the things that they could go wrong. They're very present in the moment because they trust themselves to be able to handle anything that's thrown at them. And it starts with a core understanding of who you are, what your mission is, and what your purpose is. And that helps you lead out to those around you, right? And, you know, it allows us to see other people's strengths and value them versus feeling threatened by them. And and it's about understanding who we are at the core, right? So that we can allow others to explore that same depths of self and show up and bring themselves. And so... Again, just this powerful look at the importance of knowing yourself as it relates to leading in and leading yourself well, but then looking at why that's so important as it relates to leading out and leading others well. And I think, you know, particularly, uh, we talked about this last season in our episode on the topic of d- diversity and inclusion. You know, we, we have to know ourselves really well before we're able to really listen to and be open to others and, and the differences in others. And I think great leaders know this. And great leaders value diversity inclusion, um, but they do because they know themselves very, very well. And it allows them um, to hear, to respond, to appreciate from a solid ground versus very unstable, um, shaky ground that very insecure leaders, that, that's, the, that's the ground they stand on. It's, it's always moving. They're not really sure uh, if both feet are on the ground or not. And so that creates a lot of turmoil for themselves and, the, and therefore for their team. And so, you know, those, 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 that's what we're looking at. So principle, leadership principle one is know thyself, lead in, lead out, and understanding that it's that core sense of who we are that are, is going to allow us now as we move forward for every other week, that's going to allow us to give us a solid base, right, to build on and, and take these other leadership principles that we talk about from our core about who we are and then understanding what each of those behaviors and actions looks like from a leadership perspective. The mindset principle that we're going to pair with uh, leadership principle number one is mindfulness, okay? And, and mindfulness is is really the study and application of being present in the moment, right? Fully aware and able to to be one's best self for the task at hand. And being mindful just allows us to focus our attention in the moment in an active and intentional manner. And it allows us to, to interact with that moment thoughtfully and meaningfully, right? And so again, this mindfulness is a presence, an awareness, an ability to recognize what's happening within us and around us so that we can make adjustments um, without judging oneself or the situation and really make decisions that are conducive to excellence in that moment. And so some benefits of mindfulness, right? And, And mindfulness, we can train our mind to be mindful, and that's just to be present, right? To be in the moment, to be thoughtful about what's going on within us and around us. And, and it gives us a sense of calm, right? So, so some benefits of mindfulness is mental clarity, um, improved concentration, a calmness. We can actually manage pain better if, if we're mindful. Um, perspective among chaos, 
So again, if we're mindful, even though things around us are going really, really fast, if we've trained our brain to be calm and present in the moment, we're able to process things better, that mental clarity again, and again, help us see more clearly amid chaos. Um, and then finally, it helps us respond versus react, right? Instead of, you know, something triggers us emotionally, we just explode. Well, if we've trained ourselves to be mindful, all of a sudden we can see situations for what they are and respond to those strategically and intentionally versus reactionarily, all right? And that's really, really important because that's what leadership is about. You know, we have to be able to lead when it's hard. And if we're not mindful, if we don't know how to be present among or amid stress and chaos, then people aren't going to look to us when things are starting to go wrong, right? And the world desperately wants to be led, by good leadership. We are suffering. We are suffering in America due to lack of good leadership at every single level in every domain. And so this season is so near and dear to my heart because we have got to equip people to lead better, to lead themselves better, to lead in better so that they can lead out better. So that our families, our communities, our schools, our teams, our business organizations are in the hands of people that have themselves and their organization in great perspective and are able to lead through great times and through challenging times. And that starts with leadership. And so this this whole mindfulness element allows leaders to really connect with who they are at the individual level. The situation or task at hand allows them to bring them their best self to that moment, but also equip, inspire, empower the people on their team to deliver their best self when it matters. And that's what we're going to be looking at throughout the course of this season. And it starts with knowing yourself and being mindful. That leads us right into our championship leadership training for this week. So so pull out your pen, jot this down. It'll be in the episode notes as well. But the first thing I want you to do, um, we're going to do a lead in, lead out type look. So the first thing for lead in is I want you to go to www.viacharacter.org. Okay. And on there is a free assessment that you can take, and it is going to give you a rank ordered list of your top 24 character strengths. So VIA stands for values in action, and they've done a lot of studies on values and living and exercising those values. And what they found is that people that exercise or use, right, their values more frequently than those that don't, their top five values more frequently than those that don't are happier or healthier or more engaged in their work, have better working relationships and are more productive. And so wouldn't we all sort of like that? (laughs) But a lot of times we don't know, well, what are sort of intrinsically my core character values? So go to www.viacharacter.org, take that assessment. It'll take you about 15 to 20 minutes. And what I want you to do is take your top five character strengths and just ask yourself, do I use these on a daily basis? And if not, start, (laughs) right? But if you do, good. Excellent. Now I want you to think of what's a new or creative way that I can exercise or use this strength in my life this week. Okay. So again, I want you to find, do the assessment. It'll rank order your 24 character strengths and then take your top five and come up with specific ways that you can exercise or use each one of those character strengths throughout the course of this next week. Okay. Now, for the lead out portion of that, after you do your character strengths, do it in order. Listen to me. This is a process, okay? So follow it in order. We can do this, all right? So after you do your character strengths, 
and you find your top five, then I want you to sit down and I want you to write a legacy plaque. I have, I have all of my clients do this and it is really, really a powerful exercise. Um, and I want you to write it in the third person. So, and, and, you know, some people do like, well, write your epitaph, right? Or your, uh, your obituary. That's a little morbid. I want you to live long, healthy lives so that you can have awesome, powerful impact and influence and leadership in this world. So let's do a legacy plaque and a legacy plaque is okay. So when you leave your current team or organization and, and either retire or go on to somewhere else, and they were to put a plaque up of you to commemorate the legacy that you left in that organization, what do you want that to say? What would you want that to say? And it can be about you know two to five sentences. It doesn't have to be super long, um, but have it be more than just you know four words. Um, what legacy do you want to leave? And again, imagine that they put this on a plaque up of you when you leave wherever you are right now. And so I want you to take, take 15, 30 minutes and really think about this a lot. Shut your phone off, be mindful, right? Be present in the moment, sit down at your desk, take a couple deep breaths, be in the present moment and, and think about what would I want them to say? And then I want you to actually write it out. And so, um, this when I teach this in a class, I actually have people do um, an actual plaque. So make a plaque, whether it's a digital plaque or whether it, they do it with paper and pencils and crayons or you know whatever it is. So if you're an artistic person and you want a creative exercise, actually make yourself a plaque. Um, but if not, you know write it on a sticky note and but put it on your put it on your computer screen or in your desk. So every time you open your drawer, you're reading that legacy. Right, like this is who I want to be. And here's the thing right? If that's the legacy you want to leave, then as a leader, you have to understand that everything you do, everything you say, everything you do, every way you show up, the energy vibes you're putting off every day is either leading you into that legacy that you say you want to leave, or it's leading you away from it. And it's going to leave a very, very different legacy. So as leaders, again, know thyself, but we got to be mindful that everything we do matters. Our people are seeing it. They're feeling it. And that is ultimately going to be the legacy that we leave behind when we're gone. So lead in, identify your five char- your, your character strengths, figure out how you can start exercising and using them to get the benefits of productivity, mental and physical health, et cetera. And then lead out, take, take this sort of understanding about who you are and think about what legacy do I want to leave and write yourself a plaque right? He, he taught the world what living was about through love of family, devotion to church and community, and true passion for life. His spirit was impenetrable and forever fighting Irish. So that is a legacy plaque that was left of John Yurko Jr. on the campus of Notre Dame. They have plaques all over. I think I've mentioned this before, but that's an example of a legacy plaque. It's powerful. It says who he, what he cared about, who he cared about, what his spirit was like. So write that for yourself. Um, and keep it in front of you because that's going to remind you as a leader, everything you say and do matters. And it matters because you're leaving a legacy. And so we better be mindful of what legacy we're leaving so that it can be one that we're proud of and is worthy of actually leaving. Ooh, I get fired up talking about this stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us. We were on episode one of season three. We are in leading to win, right? Leading to win, to win, to win, to win. We got to run the race with intent and it's to win. And leadership as a huge, huge overriding element of winning 
in every, every single level from the locker room to the boardroom, right? To the classroom, to the living room. That's been my, I've been throwing those things in there too, because family leadership, community leadership, all of these elements are so, so important. And if, and if we're, if we're running the race, we might as well run to win, right? With that intent. And so throughout the course of this, this season, we're going to keep diving into leadership principles that are going to help us lead in a way to win. We're going to talk to leaders who are winning in every domain that they're in and and try to learn from them and get better at who we are and, and what we're trying to do in this world. And, and, you know, as always, like, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, my email address is amber at selkingperformance.com. You can reach me directly there. Let's talk about what it would look like to do some leadership training or, or mindset training in your team or in your organization, or come give a keynote address to talk about these elements to try to help organizations recognize the importance of the topics, but then also that you can train it, right? We can train mindset. We can train leadership. Leadership. And we can we can help build organizations and systems in ways that are going to help deliver performance excellence. And I want to help you do that. So, so reach out to me. Um, we've got a lot of resources, though, on our website that you can also check out. Performance articles, um, the, the podcast is there to listen to previous episodes. And you can go there at www.selkingperformance.com. The other really exciting thing that I want to announce is that over winter break, um, I I really reached out and put together a team of coaches that we have on our staff that are now going to be able to come along and do one-on-one performance coaching with you or people in your organization that are trying to take the next step in growth as an individual um, in, in their world, in their business world or in their personal lives. And so I've got a very diverse coaching staff in terms of their area of expertise and background and And so we are going to be very well equipped um, to pair you with a coach that is going to help you reach your uh, your goals and objectives. And so we've got we've got five coaches. We've got Dr. Steve Grafe. And Steve is a licensed sports psychologist out of the Columbus, Ohio area. He played uh, on the Ohio State Buckeyes National Championship team. And he and I worked together down at IMG Academy. Um, So he's a licensed psychologist, counseling, like really understands sort of the mental, emotional side of sport and life and wants to come help you break down those barriers. If you're dealing with anxiety or depression or stress, or really just want to figure out how to optimize your mind and, and the mentality of that, he's your guy. Um, we've got Dr. Terry Leinhart, who is an amazing, he's been coaching leaders for decades and brings with him a wealth of, of understanding about business and leadership. Um, he's the dean of a graduate business school and, um, again, has worked with coaches in the sports space or leaders in the sports space and the business space on helping them develop their leadership performance. And so awesome, awesome at this one-on-one coaching and helping you figure out how to deliver and lead your absolute best. Um, We've got Todd Manners, who has over 17 years of working with corporate executives on leadership coaching, um, on technology coaching. How do we optimize our people and our technology to drive results? So if you're trying to get energized and, and really put some frameworks in place for helping you deliver your best as a leader, Todd's your man. Um, we've got Kayleen Curry, who I did my, she's got her master's degree in sports psychology. She's got her LLP. LPC, which is her uh, counseling licensure as well. And she works with all of our youth athletes. So if you've got um, youth athletes that are trying to figure out their mental game, 
and really train train the mental side of sport, she's your girl. She's awesome. She was a college softball player, a college softball coach. Now she works in a collegiate athletic environment um, and, and just has a wealth of background, really understanding what it takes to deliver at the, at the sport performance level. Um, and then we've got Ashley Braun, who is a, a board-licensed, registered, holistic nutritionist. So we really know and understand how important nutrition is to you being able to deliver your best. And so she's phenomenal and can really help you get a grasp on your nutritional performance and and how are you eating, hydrating, et cetera. And and what she does, which is really awesome, is she she has you take several tests that look at different nutritional levels that you're on and then puts together a really specialized program for you to help get your vitamin and mineral levels all organized and and get you on the right supplements to help you achieve your nutritional goals. So whether you're trying to lose weight or gain weight or um, stabilize diabetes, manage stress through your nutrition, she just offers so much guidance around that. And she's just wonderful to work with. Um, But she also... Um, will help you identify yoga studios, chiropractic work, all the holistic health elements um, in your area to help find um, individuals that can be local with you to help you provide additional services that you would need from a wellness standpoint. So again, uh, go online, check out, you can read more about their bios on our website, again, www.selfingperformance.com. But how that works is you reach out to me, we talk about what are your goals, what are your objectives, what are you trying to achieve here? And then I pair you with a coach and you guys get started and you get rolling on really looking at on this individual level Um, because it's hard, right? Like, like excellence isn't easy. If it would, everybody would be doing it. Leadership isn't easy, right? That's why it's being so poorly done. But the best leaders that I know have coaches, right? Because it's great to have somebody that is, has their only vested interest is you, right? In your organization, if you're a leader, it's hard to have that because everybody that is working for you is trying to please you, right? And is trying to to make things go well. And so it's really hard to have somebody that's on your team really coaching you and being someone to bounce ideas off of and talk through decisions. That's what coaches are for. And, and that's what we can provide you. It's it's strictly confidential. And, and our sole interest is helping you be your absolute best and be the leader that you are intended to be. And so please reach out so we can come alongside of you and just get on this journey with you um, and encourage you, motivate you, give you different frameworks, processes, tools that you can use to optimize everything that you have in you to give in this world. Um, Yeah, all the fun stuff. We're working on a book, so stay tuned for that. I'm telling you that, so I stay motivated and energized to to get this thing out to you. And and we're going to keep rolling together through this spring. So thank you for being with us today. I'm excited. Next up, so next week, we will be meeting with Tom Mendoza and hearing about him from his leadership background and all of the amazing things that he's done. And and we're going to stay on this journey together. So reach out if you've got questions, comments, um, rate and review us on iTunes. Actually, on this podcast would be huge. It's really helpful for us as, as we continue to try to, to help people build championship mindsets. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I am out. Thank you so much for listening with us today. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Selking. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I want to challenge you to continue building your championship mindset and leading to win. Brightview Medical is a patient-oriented medical healthcare organization with goals to change healthcare as we know it. By understanding the wasteful and costly healthcare system in place today, 
Brightview is able to create a unique opportunity that revolutionizes patient doctor visits, cuts back on costs, and increases patient satisfaction. They house all of their specialty physicians, CDC-level labs, and state-of-the-art technology in one building, providing a one-stop patient-centered environment, which is unparalleled in today's medical field. At Brightview Medical, they don't just practice medicine, they perform it.